Now we're getting to the bottom of everything. It's time for Mother Angelica. I mean, that's awesome. Answering the call. Answering the call. This world is no place for Catholic chickens. Answering the call. You call that a failure? I call it a great success. Here's Father Joseph and Doug Keck. And welcome to Mother Angelica Answers the Call. I'm Doug Keck, your co-host here with Father Joseph Mary Wolf, our chaplain here at EWTN, presenting you highlights of Mother's great conversations over the years in her live shows from the 80s and the 90s, answering your phone calls and questions. And let's get into our overview of our topics today, Father. I'll list them first. Uh, We've got the value of suffering, hard to please. How can I grow in faith and smile? It's the grouches and rude people. Can't wait for that one. (laughs) Yes. And uh, we all want a better understanding of the value of suffering. We all suffer, and that's part of the human condition, right? So how do we suffer well? And as it's said, tell me how you suffer and I'll tell you who you are. And it's Jesus who gives us those lessons of patience. Mother herself had a lot of experience with suffering and yet she was able to rise above that suffering and see even a value in it, that it really is something that helps us to grow and without suffering we don't really grow. And that's one of the great insights I think that Mother has in her program and the, and the also that the church has, it, which is understanding this idea of redemptive suffering and that that suffering isn't worthless. It has a purpose. Mm -hmm. And though we're not supposed to embrace it like let's go out looking for Mm -hmm. it, we have to embrace it when it comes our way. It can make us bitter or better, Mm -hmm. right? So that's it. And Mother herself would say she sees the doctor, she would take a Tylenol. And yet there there are those things that we just, uh, we can't alleviate. And so that's part of God's will. It's part of his forming us that we're having to love and struggle and uh, struggle with these things. But through that, he's developing compassion, understanding, greater love in our souls. And it's interesting because you mentioned headaches. She talks about every bit of suffering, whether you have a headache or, or what, ends up molding you. It's a molding mm-hmm. power. Oh, it can make you bitter and sour and angry with God, but that's because you're not using it right, which is really what you were mm-hmm. saying. Yeah, you're not using it right. Using suffering? Yeah, that's what Mother is teaching us here, to look at suffering in a very different way. It's not just something to escape from. What, how can I escape from it? Well, maybe some entertainment, maybe running here, maybe some drug. No, Mother is saying, use it in the right way. Let God use it to mold you into virtue and holiness. If there wasn't value to it, why would our Lord have gone through so much? Mm-hmm. So he teaches us from the cross. This is a great insight, too, of Pope John Paul in his letter on suffering. He doesn't answer this in the abstract. He answers from the cross. He gives us an example. I've shown you, lay down your life for love. Absolutely. Let's see what Mother had to say about the value of suffering. We have a call. Hello? Hello, Mother. Where are you from? Mississippi. My question is about suffering. Why does God value suffering so much? Suffering is valued by God in this day and age, especially in the New Testament, because his son, Jesus, the Father, looked upon Jesus. There are many reasons why the Lord came down and not only suffered himself, shared our suffering, but paved a way for us to suffer. Why? It is very purifying, very purifying. If it wasn't for suffering, we'd be a bunch of boiled kids. That's all. 
most of you wouldn't even pray if you were in trouble. And, and a lot of suffering is not physical. I have a lot of physical suffering. But suffering always teaches you a lesson. It makes you grow in virtue. It, it participates in the growth of your soul. It participates in the grace the Spirit gives you to mold your soul in the image of Jesus. It forces you sometimes to say yes to God when probably you wouldn't. Probably you wouldn't. I'll give you a little, I'll tell you something on myself. I'm Italian, that should say it all. I am impatient. I like everything done yesterday. And I am accustomed to doing at least two things and sometimes three things at one time. Now I have three braces and two crutches. I am forced to take smaller steps. It takes me longer to get anywhere. I cross the street and all the cars stop. I get me a chance to wave everybody and say thank you. <laughs> they wouldn't have done that if I was normal. It's just wonderful. I got stopped in the cross street. This car stopped. That car stopped. And they're just very patient, you know, and I say, Thank you, God bless you. That's a wonderful thing. Wonderful for them to stop and wonderful for me to say thank you. But you know, it's done something for me. I was telling the sisters the other day, I'm not saying I feel patient. I don't think I'll do that until I get in the kingdom. But it has done a couple things for me. It's made me realize that What's the hurry? See, much of my impatience in the past has been because I'm in a hurry. It takes me a little longer to get where I want to go, but what's the difference? It suddenly made, put everything in focus. It made me realize that there's more to life than just doing things. See, there's time, time to love God, time to talk to God, and time to know that he does it all, and it's all okay. Every bit of suffering, whether you have a headache or what, molds, it's a molding power. Oh, it can make you bitter and sour and angry with God, but that's because you're not using it right. It's always destined by God to make you more humble, compassionate, loving, kinder, more grateful because people have to help you or people give you your medicine and nurses wait on you. Time for you to be grateful. St. Padre Pio said, if people realize the value of suffering of any kind, spiritual, mental, physical, that it is so precious, we would covet it. Most of us spend all our time getting rid of it. I take my Tylenol and aspirin and everything else, and I wear braces that are comfortable. You know, I'm not going to hobble along. I got enough problems. I don't believe putting beans in my shoes, see, for a penance. I got enough shoes, and I got enough braces for beans. But it's all for my good. Next to my vocation, I value Oh, I'd be glad to get rid of it. But I value it as long as God permits it. 
because it's done me more good than anything. Yeah, I know me. And with all the success that God has given us and blessed us with you and this network and radio and my wonderful sisters and brothers, if I didn't have this, I could be hell on wheels. I mean, whew, oh, I could make more people miserable, more than I make now, you know. Now I make you miserable because I really love you and I hate to see you go in the wrong direction. So it's been good for me. I think it's good for you. Moving ahead, we have another call having to do with a question about a person who's hard to please, Father. Some people, you can't please them one way or another, right? And I've often said that, and I've talked to people, you know, their own struggles. And I say, you know what really matters? What does God think? And St. Francis of Assisi understood this. He said, what a man is before God, that's what he is. And so that has to be our primary concern. Is this pleasing to God? Is this offensive to God? Am I striving to please God? And even if other people don't understand, really that's all that matters, that he knows my motivation, why my intention, why I'm doing what I'm doing. And we should make sure that our intention is correct and lines mm -hmm. up with that. And also I think one of the great insights Mother had in her later years was virtually don't sweat the small stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you're here to serve God, to love him and fulfill our mission, whatever that is from God. And we have to keep our eye on the goal, as St. Paul says, I'm not looking behind. And he would say in another place, stop judging me. He, the Lord's the one to judge me. He will reveal the intentions of our hearts. So really, keep your eye on that. And if we do, then we'll be at peace. Right, hard to please. Let's take the first gripe call, hello? Hello, Mother. Yeah, where are you from? I'm from Garwood, New Jersey. And what is your gripe? Well, I was, for five months, I was out on disability after I had a stress breakdown. The, mm -hmm. uh, we live in an apartment, a two-family house. The people upstairs were making noise. The people next door were making noise. I couldn't get away from the noise. The job I took, I had been laid off from one, one job and got another job within a week later in the same industry in Newark, New Jersey. I hated it. Uh, I didn't like the boss. He was demanding. So I had a stress breakdown, and uh, the medicine they gave me for, to help me wasn't helping me and it was causing me to sleep all day. My yeah. wife would come home and say, well, you're a lazy bum. You're sitting there laying on the couch all day. Make a long story short, I go back to work finally in a limousine business and I work 73 hours a week. I say the rosary once a day mm -hmm. and the chaplet to St. Michael. I go to mass every Sunday and sometimes during the week when I can. Mm -hmm. And my wife screams at me and yells at me and says that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm never, that she, her, and my daughter want to see me more. And, you know, I mean, first, of, first I'm a lazy bum, and now I'm working too hard. And I said to a priest today, I'm sorry if this is wrong about money, but money does make an easier life while you're in this world. But if this is what God wants for me, I mean, if that's his way of keeping me close to him, I guess it's working because I pray for my enemies. I have masses said for my enemies. I have masses said for the dead. I have masses said for the living. And I don't want a pat on the back or anything. I just tell you that you know, these are the kind of things that I do type of deal. Well, but see, the Lord is bringing you closer to himself. It doesn't matter whether your wife thinks it's, you worked too hard and you didn't work at all. Maybe she needs some prayers. You know, some people you can't please. If, they have, if the room's too hot, then you open a window. Then it gets too cold, and you shut the window. Then it gets too hot, and you open the door. And then it gets too cold, you close the door. I can't please them, see? But you see, you can see, and you're seeing it yourself, that God is, is working in your, in your life. 
she spent more time with him in between uh, calls. And then that gives you a good chance maybe to talk to people that, that you drive in your limousine. Then you may be able to give them a holy card or, or something. Work towards the Lord and he'll take care of your wife. He will. There's more Mother Angelica answering the call on EWTN Radio. Let's return to Mother Angelica answering the call with Father Joseph and Doug Kecht on EWTN Radio. And welcome back to the second half of Mother Angelica Answering the Call. Doug Keck here with Father Joseph Mary Wolf. This time, Mother's question has to do with, how can I grow in faith, Father? You know, it's always very encouraging to us older folks, but I think to all people, <laughs> when you what hear... What are you looking at me for? <laughs> <laughs> when you hear young people interested in growing in the faith, as we have in this call, you know, we have some young men... Uh, who serve at the morning mass uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and it just encourages you to see their faith and their zeal. And so we have this group of uh, CCD students uh, studying catechism and asking mother a question about faith and how do we grow in their faith. And just to realize that faith is a way of knowing. And mother just gives some simple Mm -hmm. things about this is living, living it out every day. Right, and she kind of talks about the fact that you got to know God loves me. Wow, everybody wants to be loved, but nobody has the faintest idea mm-hmm. how much they're loved by God. People would never sin if they knew how much they were loved by God. That is really at the bottom of everything, right? I think St. Therese, I often rem- remind people to study her teaching. As Pope John Paul said of Therese, what is more basic than this? God's our Father, we are his children, and that he loves us. And if we really understood that, it changes everything. It changes our whole perspective on life. Right, and she talks about the idea of adoration and wanting to see our Lord and even going to the pastor. And if it's not, church isn't open, saying, well, give us the key so we can, because mm-hmm. we want to see Jesus. Yeah, and uh, go and say, you know, just bring some leaflets maybe to a place and say, hi, do you know Jesus? And he'll probably fall off his seat. And if you're Catholic, he'll probably really fall off his seat. So (laughs) with mother's humor and also the reality, um, she just has these great insights. Absolutely. Let's see. How can I grow in faith? And we have a caller. Hello? Hello. Where are you from? Buffalo. And what is your question? Um, I'm here with a 10 group of a CCD class. Mm-hmm. And we would just like to know how we can increase our faith as a group. How old is your group? Uh, 14 to 15. Well, wonderful. Well, sweetheart, we increase our faith and you increase your faith by love, you know? The more you love someone, the more you believe in them. Did you know that? Faith means that I see Jesus in my neighbor, in the events of the day, even though they may be painful. And, and you, have to, you have to make a little bit of effort on your part to say, and you've got to know your faith. You've got to know your catechism. You've got to know God loves me. Wow. Everybody wants to be loved, but nobody has the faintest idea how much they're loved by God. People would never sin if they knew how much they were loved by God. But that takes faith, doesn't it? And faith isn't something that Faith is to see the invisible reality. And you exercise that faith 
by a real attachment to Jesus. So much so that your life is affected by what you believe. Do you realize if every Christian had faith, this entire world would be changed? Why? Because we would be exercising and we would be doing what we believe. See, we, Christians are responsible, I think, most of the time for the way the world is because we don't exercise what we believe. If you believe in Jesus, then you want to be like him. Well, the Beatitudes show you how to do that. In other words, my faith is such that I want to be like Jesus. I want to look alike. And you ever know anybody you want to look alike? No. Yeah, sure you do. You want to look like Jesus. We all want to look like Jesus. How are you like Jesus? Well, you're loving. You're compassionate. You're moral. You're forgiving. You're kind. When tragedies happen, you see God, even though it's hard. It takes faith. But these are things you can do every day. Every, every day. And you can also exercise faith by going before the Blessed Sacrament. If your church has the misfortune of being closed, then understand. Go to the church, ask Father for the key. What a wonderful witness of a group of of teenage, 11, 10, 8, 11, 12 years old, said, Father, can we have the key? We want to see Jesus. Ooh, wouldn't that set him off? <laughs> and that's what they said. I want to see Jesus. And I want to see Jesus in you. But you can't do that if you don't see Jesus in the Eucharist. See? So it'd be nice after school to make a little visit. That's faith. It's nice to get together on Halloween and put away the things of the world and kneel down and pray. That would be faith. And they can do this and live in the world. See, the Lord said, you are in the world, but you're not of it. You beat that? In the world, but not of it. Which means you have another dimension, another set of values that other people don't have. You see things different than anyone else sees them. You do. That's what's so important in our life, that we have a whole different set of values. Well, let's look here. Here's another way of going in faith. He says we have to put, have a duty to put up with the qualms of the weak. <laughs> Most of the time we want to boot them out. See? But no, you've got to have patience. He says here, you, you have, must have love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, trustfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's faith. See, there's another part here. He said, the grace has already been granted us before the beginning of time. You were destined, created by God, destined by God to witness to Jesus. And that's what you kids can do wonderful. Go in a, why don't you go in a group sometime in a mall? 
you want to, I'll send you some leaflets, and you can go around and give to all those old people sitting in there on those benches, looking, watching people go by like a tennis match. You know, just go back and forth, back and forth. Go sit by one and say, hi, you know Jesus? I'm ready to fall off his seat. <laughs> and if you're a Catholic, I guarantee you'll fall off your seat. Go in, in your own school and see if you got the guts to say to your neighbor, somebody there, even if he's on drugs, is waiting to hear, God loves you. And closing out uh, this week's program, we have a smile. It's the grouches and rude people. So you know it's going to be an interesting one with Mother Angelica. I'm not going to spoil this, but this is one of my favorite stories here that Mother used to tell about this very rude cab driver. So you're going to hear that toward the end and how Mother's just giving her what she really didn't deserve, which was kindness, that it touched this person. And that's the essence of Mother's message here, too, is that kindness changes people, you know, practicing charity, even if they're rude to us. Well, I think that's one of the great things of EWTN also is you know, the reaching out, uh, as you said, uh, in one of the, our, our programs we've talked about, Mother always said it's our job to get it out there. It's mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit's job to change people's hearts. But how much of an impact some of the smallest mm -hmm. things can have in the outreach of the love on the network as presented, yeah. you know, and touching people in ways you'd never think they could be touched. Yeah, and one of the books that I like of Father Lovasic is the hidden power of kindness right? and just the power that kindness has. We treat people with respect, with love, with dignity. Often uh, hurt people hurt people, right? There's a, that's a very true saying. People who are hurting inside often hurt others. Right, and Mother mentions you can't go around bopping people. <laughs> Smile, it's the grouches and the rude people. We have a call. Hello? Hi, how you doing? I'm fine. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. My name is Linda, and I'm calling from Pennsylvania. You got a gripe? Yes, I do. Good. You know what makes me mad? What? When you walk into a store, and the cashier on the other side is, is very miserable with you, mm -hmm. and they throw your change at you, yeah. they throw your packages at you, and you walk out of there being as miserable as they are, and it just ruins your whole day. Yeah. I think it's terrible. I don't understand. They, they just, you know, I always feel that they shouldn't be working with the public if that's how they're going to treat the people. Well, you know what? I, you could get even and smile and say, have a good day. Or, Jesus loves you. You'd be surprised how many people are miserable because they don't know that. I told it to a group one time of Third Order members. I said, I want you every day tell somebody Jesus loves them. And this one woman came up. She said, I did it. I did it. I said, what'd you do? She said, I went to the, the checkout counter. The girl was so grouchy. I don't know. It does seem they have a, they must pick them that way. I don't know what it is. I don't know if they just, maybe they're supposed to be that way. But I suppose if you just hung out Monday and you went like this all day long, you begin to go, oh. Might be very tiresome. Maybe that's all they are, tires. But anyway, she said, I said to her, Jesus loves you, Maya. And the woman looked at her and she said, I know. Well, at least she knew. <laughs> Didn't do much for her, but she knew. <laughs> but I would, I would say something nice and see what happens. I went to New York one time and uh, I had a woman taxi cab driver and um, I said, hello. 
seemed a nice thing to open up a conversation. Oh, so I waited a while and I said, uh, you live in New York? Yes. Ooh. I said, uh, been driving a taxi long? <sighs> yes. Ooh. <laughs> I said, do uh, I enjoy it? <laughs> yes. I said, well, I better keep quiet. There came out to come out of the cab and she slammed the door and she opened the back of the, the trunk and, and she took my suitcases and dumped them on the ground. I looked at her and I smiled. I gave her a tip. And I said, God bless you. And she looks at me and tears start running down her cheeks. And she said, no, God bless you. See that little thing, I don't even know what I did. I wonder a bopper at some point, but I thought, no, you've got to be sweet. No, you've got a habit on, you can't go around bopping people. <laughs> So, but I see something happened. Maybe it none hurt her feelings one time. Maybe her teacher was nasty to her. Who knows what hurts people have that make them act the way they do. Now, if we could reverse that by love, respect, a smile. You know something about that new commandment the Lord gave us? You know what it says? That I should love you as much as the Father loves Jesus. But he doesn't say anything about you loving me. Now, how do you like that? He didn't say you got to go around loving somebody. He said, I have to love you as much as the Father loves me. He didn't say, now you're going to get a return of love. In fact, he said, if you do that, if you love those who love you, the pagans do that. If you invite somebody to dinner and hope they invite you back, he said, the pagans do that. You've got to invite people to dinner who won't invite you back. They don't have anything to invite you for. See, God doesn't think the way we do. You know, we're so far away from the way God thinks. For more about Mother Angelica and to listen to her shows, go to EWTN.com. See you next time on Mother Angelica, answering the call only on EWTN Radio.